Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Eric. Oh, I just said hi. Not I'm, not I'm. Yeah. I'm Eric. I'm Brittany. And we are... We're colored nerds. The conversations that black people have... When white people are not in the room. But we record them. And we put them on the internet. Welcome back. Welcome back. Today's going to be a fun one. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. We're going to cover a lot of ground. Yeah, we're going to try to. Yeah. Um. So what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing good. Honestly, I'm going on vacation to Puerto Rico a week from today. By the time this episode comes out... You'll be gone. I will still be here, but oh. <laughs> probably by the time a lot of people listen to it, yeah, I'll definitely be gone. I'm excited for you to be gone. I'm excited to be yeah. gone. Different I got reasons. new. Nobody cares what you think. <laughs> nobody cares what you think. I have been. Or, I ordered a lot of shit from online. I hate shopping. It's. I just find it to be the most tedious shit. I like anything, all that shit. Like I don't know how people find getting their nails done and their hair done like a pleasurable process like i like getting my hair cut because i like my hairstylist i think she's a wonderful person but i only see her like every three or four months mm-hmm. like all other shit like going to get my nails done is boring shopping is boring getting your eyebrows done boring any type of waxing body hair removal is like literally right before they start it i'm like laying there and i'm like i just start freaking out and internally like why the fuck do i pay somebody to do this dumb shit it's the after effects. I mean, I don't think people actually enjoy the, like, during. Do people enjoy the during? I think you enjoy, like, what comes after. Yeah, I enjoy, ha- like, the stuff being done. Yeah. I don't like doing it. It's doing terrible. It. That's fair. I mean, I don't know. I guess you don't have to think about stuff like this. You can just use your Andis T-liner on your bald hey, head. It's true. And be done. I haven't been to, I haven't been to a barber. No, I went to a barber uh, right before the wedding. That was, But even Last before year. that. That was, there was like a good year and a half or two years before. Yeah. I'm like kind of pissed, I guess. But, you know, whatever. I went shopping. Did I got some stuff. Head? Shut up. I would, if <laughs> if I would look cute, bald headed, trust and believe I would you already should, have. You should get, I, a little, get a little fake. I would know. not be cute. I've had, that's, there are two things that people feel like they are regularly, actually, now, thanks to fucking podcasts, Three things now that people feel like they can tell me. People tell me that I should never cut my hair short, which I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for the compliment. Yeah. I look better wearing glasses, which is like, you look so much better when you have this these <laughs> goggles covering a third of your actual face. Thank you, Jesus. And the third is, you are shorter and thinner than I thought that you would be <laughs> in real life. I mean, you are short. No, short, I'm short. like average height. You're I'm like not short. Yeah. yeah. But that that's funny. But anyway, yeah, I'm going to Puerto Rico. I got fucking new clothes. I got a freaking bathing suit. I'm really excited about that. 
I don't know. I'm just fucking hype. I just can't believe I'm not going to be here. I haven't been on a vacation without my family mm. that wasn't attached to an event like directly relating to somebody else's graduation, yeah. wedding, baby mm. in 10 years. Well, it's a great experience. I'm happy for you. It should be good. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I have a little bit of a headache. But, you know, I have no complaints. Work is fun. Life is fun. Family is fun. <laughs> Isn't it cool? It's, it's <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm straight. I'm glad. It's so nice. I, have yeah. to, I mean, I don't know if I told you guys this before, but I, if I have, I'm going to repeat it. Literally, now that Eric works at Gimlet, too, it's like, you are so much more delightful. Thank you. It's I mean, true. Yeah, I recognize I'm an easier person now. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I thought I was going to have to shoot you in the leg or something like that before. Well, luckily we avoided all that. Yeah, we avoided all that. And we could get, we could get, we could be here for this event. For this event. To talk about camp. Camp. So. Not summer camp. Not summer camp. Uh, If you don't know, camp is like a style, often like discussed in like filmmaking, uh, where everything is like over-exaggerated, oftentimes like melodramatic, to the max. Yeah. A lot of times the movies that people describe as like, oh man, it's so bad, it's good, are described as like campy. Yeah, lots of camp films become quote-unquote cult classics. Yes. It's like Rocky Horror is campy, anything John Waters makes is campy. Actually, we did a little, read a little Susan Sontag. Yeah. And the two words that come up the most, I feel like, in um, her essay notes on camp are literally exaggeration and Mm -hmm. artifice. Yeah. Often, like, it's just fun. You kind of have to let things go. Yeah. And, like, when you let things go, like, you just are along for the ride. Yeah. And it's it's, it's nice. I also think there's just, like, there's more room to play because you can so readily, like, the aesthetic is so based around shit that's not real that you can just readily accept what's happening in front of you. You're just like, yeah, all right. I believe this. Sure. I'll take this. Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot sure. of sure. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Eric wanted to talk about camp today, but he had some specific. Yes. I want to. So I want to zero in on a certain subset because you know we often talk about black stuff. I think we maybe only talk. about We maybe black only stuff. talk about yeah, black stuff. Fair enough. Do. True. I want to talk about hip hopers. or maybe just like the general like black musical operatic style i knew that you wanted to talk about like this particular thing i didn't realize that you're going to refer to it as hip hoppers but it helps it helps yeah i mean like it calls to mind a very specific thing but basically again like the black r&b hip-hop operatic style we haven't seen as much as i would like to be honest. I, I actually agree with that. Yeah. I think there's definitely room for more. But, you know, the most recent thing is Empire, which we'll probably come back to. Well, we're definitely going to come back to Empire. <laughs> but the one I want to kind of start with is it's kind of related to something or someone who we talked about <laughs> very recently. She was the lead in this film. Yes. Carmen, a hip-hopera. Carmen Colon, a hip-hopera. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it was based on the Broadway musical Carmen Jones and came out in 2001. What I like to think of is like a better, simpler time. Wait, Carmen Jones is a musical? Yeah. I thought, I mean, I didn't know it was on stage. I thought it was only like a film. Yeah, no. So it was a musical first, then it was the film. Oh, the film was with Dorothy ca- Dandridge yeah, yeah, yeah. and Harry Belafonte. It's yeah. a movie. And then... Of course, it came the Robert Townsend version. Yeah. Who Robert Townsend is the fucking man, if you don't know. He is the fucking man. You talk in five heartbeats. And also somebody who kind of embraces campiness, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, Meteor Man. Meteor Man. If you don't Baps. Know, ba- 
Yo, Baps. Oh my God, Baps is an incredible movie. A lot of people give Baps a lot of shit, no, but that's because they like they're taking it too seriously. They are taking it too. Baps is a beautiful film. Yeah, Baps. Even the Five Heartbeats, like elements of the oh, Five yeah. Heartbeats, are like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, but but yeah, Robert Townsend, awesome director. This was a partnership with MTV, mm-hmm. uh, and he chose Beyonce knows Mackay Fife. Uh, Yasin Bey or Most Deaf at the time. I honestly call him Most Deaf consistently, which I know you're not supposed to do. People change their names. Yeah. Back then he was Most Deaf, so we're going to say Most Deaf. Yeah. Okay. Rod Digger. Who I miss. Yeah. I miss her. Gotta come back. Y Clef. Oh my God. Pre puberty, Lil Bow Wow. Lil Bow Wow. <laughs> back when everyone was probably fond of him. Uh, or yeah, I was him. actually. I really, really was. I saw the Scream Tour. Yeah. At Fox Theater Detroit. DeBrat. DeBrat. Jermaine Dupree. Oh, my God. Reagan Gomez, even. Reagan Gomez. It says Reagan Gomez Preston. But if I remember correctly, Reagan Gomez actually has good Twitter. No, Reagan Gomez has a really good Twitter. She seems to be in, like, a really cute marriage and have cute kids. And she's always trying to work on, like, her own projects and, like, self-fund and crowdfund a lot of her stuff. Yeah. So big ups. Yeah, shout out to Reagan Gomez. Uh, But back to Carmen. So Carmen Carmen is a musical. Well, yeah, it's a hip hopper based upon... A musical which was based upon the opera. Yeah. It's about this vixen, if you will. What's the right what's the right word? Is it is it vixen? Is it like yeah. thought? Like, thought. <laughs> 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 yeah. So Carmen Carmen Brown, played by Beyonce, yes. is this woman who is literally she's she's out to get it. She's, she is out to get it. And will get it by any means necessary. Yeah. Yeah, and so actually, before we even get into the plot, you got to understand it, like, because some people are going to go back and they're going to watch this movie. Yeah, and again, you have to understand one: this is a campy film, and you have to put on your two thousand and one goggles. Yes, it's, again, it was a better time. Every bandana was bedazzled. True, your sunglasses had like bedazzled hearts in them. I had I had Gucci sunglasses that had like little G's in them that I got for twenty dollars <laughs> from TJ Maxx, probably about two years too late, and I wore this shit. They were olive green aviators. Crystallized, no wow. reason, no reason for that. <laughs> but there was a time. Yeah, it was, it was, it was popping. It was lit. What TRL it? was popping. MTV yeah. was popping. And also, like, it's interesting that like we just talked about Beyonce, like last episode, is like she's the only person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She's the only person operating at her level now. In 2001, this is before Dangerously in Love. This is before. Yeah. This, is um, this was like crazy the, in love. It's before everything. It was like the tail end of Destiny's Child. Right? Yeah, tail end of Destiny's Child, and Beyonce was not really thought about. Like if um, I was talking to somebody last night, this is when Ashanti was like, it. yeah, Beyonce hadn't really come up yet because Ashanti, and also like I think this is right before Aaliyah passed away. So like yeah. Aaliyah was coming up, Ashanti was everything. Beyonce was kind of like people were like, she's cute. Destiny's Child is cute, but yeah. like, so yeah, so like Beyonce was like. I mean, in as much of an awkward phase as Beyonce can have, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like I mean, she's still like obviously a gorgeous woman. And I mean, that's the whole thing. In the yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this that she's supposed to be like the baddest bitch in all of Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm saying like in her career wise, it was kind of a weird. Time. Oh yeah, it was a weird time. I think she's still trying to. Actually, you know what? This gives me hope. She's figuring <laughs> a lot of stuff out. She's figuring a lot of stuff out, and she came out on top. Clearly, there's. I mean, there's a pathway. There is a pathway there's a will, where there's a will, there's a way. Yes. So Carmen Brown is in Philly. She's an aspiring actress. You don't really like. You find it out kind of midway through. There's a couple points, plot points. Yeah. That you find out much later than you should. She starts by pursuing this cop 
in this bar. Black cop. Yes. This is very this is very pre-2014 film. <laughs> right? Yes. It, they're in a cop bar. Uh just kind of like of all black cop bar. All black cop bar. Hadn't seen that one before. No. Everybody is actually in uniform. My always my understanding was you couldn't actually drink. Drink in, in your uniform? That's what I thought too. But every cop was in uniform. Like, oh. I need a drink. Uh, so Mackay Fife is this uh, is this cop sergeant Derek Hill, and he is there with his fiance who also works at the bar. Yes, and Beyonce comes in, literally shuts the whole shit down. Yeah, because she's wearing this red lacy like deeply cut yeah. like high slit like very fitted dress, and it's clearly like a like a Tuesday. You know, like it's, oh yeah, it's like, <laughs> like a casual after. It's like happy hour. Everybody is in like regular ass clothes, yeah. like just chilling. The bar is called like Marv's or something like that. Very regular. <laughs> and she walks in with this like basic like a prom dress, if you will. Yeah, like a 2016 prom dress. Yes, just like I am the shit. Yeah, and like everybody's heads are turning. Yes, it's very similar to like Chirac, like the beginning of Chirac in terms of how they set. Oh, yeah, exactly how they said Like, they set up Tiana Paris's character, Liz Estrada, at the beginning of Chirac, the same way that they set up Carmen Brown in a hip-hopera. But Carmen is not ashamed to go after what she wants. No. Sergeant Derek Hill, Mackay Fife. Mackay Pfeiffer, sorry. Uh Uh, That is that man's name. But uh, (laughs) he's engaged to Reagan Gomez. Uh, whose name is like Kayla or something? Yeah, it's short for Michaela. In the original opera, the woman who is like the lead guy's original fiance or the woman he's supposed to get married to or whatever, yeah. her name is Michaela in the original opera. Really? So they called her Kayla. Wow. In this, yeah. I always just thought they blackened up all the names. All the names. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been surprised. I mean, you know, hey, hey, you got to make it your own. But yeah, so he's literally talking to his fiance at the bar. And she comes over and instantly is like, ooh, what's up with you? Yeah. And he's like trying to play her to the left. And she's like, nah, but we need to, like, we need to talk. And then she eventually gets into this, like, violent fight. With this other woman, though. (laughs) Because her man looked at her. Yeah. And she was like, you need to get some new weave. It was a whole thing. She ripped out her weave? Yes. Beyonce, like, really, like, fisticuffs with this other woman. Like, not even... She's like going from a Kai Pfeiffer. Yeah. She doesn't even get into a fight with his fiance. No. It's just some other she's too sexy. Everybody's looking at her. Yeah. And they literally are like rolling around on the ground. Yeah. At that point, most deaf. Who is the police sergeant? No, he is the lieutenant. Oh yeah. So he's yeah, most deaf. He's like senior. Right. Uh who is a dirty cop. Sees this. He tried to holler at Carmen before. She kind of like curved him. Yep. And he's like, Oh, well, you got into a fight. You need to be arrested right now. And he tells Mackay Pfeiffer, yeah. who was off duty. Yeah, who was supposed to have plans with his fiance that night. Yeah. Who most deaf is also interested in, I think. Yeah, he also wants to holler at her. He sucks. Yeah, he's supposed to be like, he's supposed to be trash. Yeah, he's just like a <laughs> shitty guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, like, this guy, so Mackay Pfeiffer takes, he's supposed to be taking Carmen to jail, but she is able to convince him not to. Yeah, it's so weird. She's like, oh, take me home. She had this piece of jewelry on that she's like, oh, this is the last thing my mother gave me before she died. I need to go home and drop it off because if I take it to jail, then they're going to get stolen. But usually they put your possessions in in like a bag, bag, right? I think so. I mean, I honestly have not been arrested. Neither have I. Thank you, Jesus. But yeah, it was like weird. So then 
his dumb ass is like, okay, all right, yeah, that's reasonable. <laughs> so then they go to her house. Oh, he like lets her go in her room and put this jewelry away and ostensibly change. And then she's like, oh, uh, come in or some shit like that. Yeah. Anyway, he goes in her bedroom. She's laying there with a whole bunch of lavender lingerie on. Yeah. And she basically tries to seduce him and get him to not take her to jail, which actually, I mean, he protests for a while. Yeah, but then he's like, yeah, it's Beyonce. Yeah, well, it's Carmen Brown. Uh, I mean, yeah. It's Carmen Brown, the baddest <laughs> bitch in all of Philadelphia. I have to get in these panties. Yeah, and he does. And then they instantly fall in love? Well, actually, so this is actually weird. This is one of the first little plot weird things. Basically, like, he wakes up in the morning and... She's gone, and then, like, the police lieutenant, yes. most deaf is there to arrest him. He's like, you aided and abetted this woman. Her leaving him at her house in the morning and then, like, leaving sets off this whole weird chain of events yeah. where, like, she doesn't go to jail. No, they don't even look for her. They don't look for her. <laughs> and then he does go to jail. Yeah. And then... Gets out in the middle of the night. Gets out in the middle of the night. But, like, he's also in jail for this weird, like indeterminate amount of time yeah. like he's I, I thought like the way she was acting like well let me roll back yeah so then <laughs> it's a complicated plot. it's a complicated <laughs> plot so Mackay Pfeiffer wakes up in Beyonce's house and by you know the police lieutenant played by most deaf who also brought Mackay Pfeiffer's fiance to Beyonce's house yeah to set to, him up to like, set him up to be like oh this look what your man was doing yeah mm, doesn't that hurt so then she slaps him in the face then Mackay Pfeiffer goes to jail this whole time Beyonce's chilling for some reason like you said yeah they didn't go looking for her. And she and her friends want to move to L.A. to eat. It's like a combination of rapping, singing, modeling, acting. You know, yeah, the typical the stuff. The typical, <laughs> like, young black fame. woman fame aspirations, like, all of it wrapped up into one. And they meet this rapper, Blaze, yeah. who's, like, becomes infatuated with Beyonce, again, who's out at the club instead of in jail for reasons that, like, are made kind of clear, but yeah. not really. So then... They hatch this plan to move to L.A. They're like, oh, Blaze. He's going to pay for everything. He's going to play for everything. support us. Support us. Put us in a house. Some random woman he met at the club in Philadelphia until we, you know, achieve our goals. Yeah. Which was weird. And so then they're like, hey, Beyonce, we're moving tomorrow. Are you coming? (laughs) And she's like, no, I'm in love with Hill. Like, Mackay Pfeiffer, who's in jail. And I'm sitting there like, wait. (laughs) (laughs) They they literally, it seemingly just really met. They yeah. only were together one night. Yeah. Not even a full 24 hours. No. She left him to yeah. get arrested, knew the cops were coming, was like, eh, I can't be around. Right. They had no, there was no interstitial scene where you see her like, like tucking him into bed and kissing no. him on the floor. He wakes up literally with his pants on still, <laughs> belt unbuckled. Yeah. No shirt, like alone. Yeah. That does not like communicate to me. That you care about me. That you care about me. <laughs> Slightly person. unreasonable. For the circumstances. Yeah, so then basically, yada, 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 she waits for him to get out of jail, which I guess he's in jail for another two days. Yeah. And her friends are like, if you don't move right now, like, how are you going to follow your dreams? I'm like, she's going to be there on Friday. Like, yeah. y'all need to chill. <laughs> they end up going to L.A. together. and the, But then, you know, the lieutenant in Philadelphia is still looking for them in L.A. And in between, there's a whole bunch of rap singing. Yes. And... An actual singing, kind an of. An actual singing and little Bow Wow playing a child who's in it. Who's in jail? A like a like a ten year old in adult prison, right? Which is was very confusing. It was all like I mean, and then like we have Wyclef Jean who is like reading tarot cards. 
it's a lot. There's a it's, lot going. It ends in, with Beyonce dying. Yeah. I mean, it's spoiler alert. It's been 15 years. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry. Go back and watch it. It's still worth it because I'm sure you didn't understand the plot from our recap. Yeah. Because <laughs> no. it is complicated. It's really complicated. Uh, but that said, it's so fun. Like the lyrics are absolutely fucking ridiculous. All right. So this is this is Beyonce basically like describing her beauty. She says, your game, she was talking to most deaf. She's like, your game is whack. I know you'll run and get your quarterback. See, this Carmen curves like a like a cul-de-sac. Skin, coffee, and cream. Your donut, your donuts ain't dunking that. This is the writing, like the amazing writing in this film. There were so many references to actual, like the physical machinations of intercourse. Yes. There were so <laughs> many references to that. Throughout the film, I was blown away. Even like there were even like some very troubling. I want to say there was like this whole song where Mackay Pfeiffer is in jail with mm. Lil Bow Wow, yeah, and like lifting weights and shit, and some other guys. And he was like, you know, I'm dreaming of this woman. When I get out of jail, she's gonna be wait- she's waiting for me. I need to get out of here so I can be with her. You don't understand. I'm about to get in these panties. And a little bow, I was like, no, nah, I do understand. Me and my babysitter. And I was like, yo, no, that is not okay, that's sir. Not cool. <laughs> like we need to, y'all, everybody, we need we to take to, a step back. We need to take a step back. Like this is not okay. But overall, like. I will say, after 15 years, I thought that, like, the whole thing actually held up pretty well. It's still, like, like it's a surprisingly watchable movie, yeah. you know? Like, it is really fun. Like, don't get it twisted. There are, the cuts are really weird. Like, the, I don't think, and I don't blame Robert Townsend for this. because I blame Townsend, Robert Townsend for nothing. He's perfect. <laughs> exactly. Like, he's made some great movies. It's clear that the MTV wasn't really fucking with the budget. Oh, my God. <laughs> they filmed this. On shoestring budget. I mean, truly. They probably use like, what is the equivalent of my rent? But to make the entire movie. Literally. But yeah, like it it is it is amazing, amazing to watch. And it's just so ridiculous and so fun. And the music, it does a really cool job of like kind of advancing the plot, but also being really fun and make like you said, these references at the time are like strangely sexual, but also like very like current, at least current for the time. Yeah. And it's just like it's just really, really Fun. And I remember watching that and being like, like, like actually being like taken away somewhere that's like very different. Like it's, it's kind of like an escape, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like, it, it, well, first of all, it was nothing like real life. True. And also, I don't know. I just found it to be so, I found it to be like really fun and funny. I felt like, I think I told you this earlier, it felt like everybody who was in it was also in on the joke. Like, everybody, yeah. like, who was in it. Like, Wyclef Jean playing a tarot card reader uh, with his hair all wrapped up doing like the, Miss, uh, Miss Cleo. Sorry, doing the uh, If I'm Your President voice. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> that little, like, noise he be making all the time. Oh, my God. So good. And it was, like, it was everybody, like, no one took themselves too seriously to be a part of this thing. And yeah. it was so actually corny and sweet and really cool in a way that it was, like, because everybody took it so seriously, like, Beyonce is not like, a, like to me, she's not like a mind-blowing actress. Yeah. But like her acting in this really wasn't bad. Yeah. Especially because, I mean, it's one of the, like, camp is like one of those styles that really, you know, if if you're not 
the best actor, you can like play to your strengths a little bit. Like yeah. hamming it up yeah. like is a way to kind of like get over that because it, it feels natural in, in context, yeah. you know, for what they're doing. Exactly. Most Def was clearly like having like so much fun. Oh, he was having a blast. I feel like he was just grinning the whole time. Yeah, he his I mean his acting was really good. Yeah, I and mean like, most of is actually a pretty good. actor. No, he's a pretty good actor. Terrible husband and baby father, but yeah. <laughs> pretty good actor. Yeah, questionable person, questionable human <laughs> being, but pretty good actor. I got the sense that it was like, like everybody, it was like very much like let's put on a show. Yeah. Like everybody was having a good time, and it was super fun. So Carmen is this like cult classic, and it really reminds me of another movie that is a musical that is kind of in this same vein of just to the max, like over the top, uh-huh. which is uh, someone who you called out earlier, uh, John Waters, a John Waters film, yeah, which is Crybaby. Love that fucking movie. Like if you haven't seen Crybaby, go back and watch it. It's it, so good. It stars uh, Johnny Depp. It's very much set in kind of the like was like greaser. It's like Greaser, Rockabilly, what we yeah. would now call Rockabilly, like South? Were they in the South? Yeah, so Crybaby was set in Baltimore, Maryland, and it was just like, so, I mean, you get the best of the city and the best of the country when you look at Maryland. Yeah, but uh, but it's just a really fun movie. I won't go too much into the plot, but it's just about this, like, bad boy who's trying to date this, like, quote-unquote good girl mm-hmm. and, like, hijinks ensue and it's like it's ridiculous. Ricky Lake is in it. Um, so good. Yeah. Tracy Lords, yeah. like... Tracy Lords, if I feel like there's people who are if you're below the age of like 28, you probably do not know who that is. Yeah, but she was in it. it I mean, it's just a really, really good movie. There's a lot of like tongue and the same type of like sexual tongue and cheek humor. Yeah, and like really great cheesy ass music that you can still kind of like get with. Yeah, yeah. It, like once you suspend that, like I'm too cool for this kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Like it's just fun. It's a really, really, really fun movie. And you, again, it's like the same thing, which I think probably is like a law of camp is that all the performers are taking everything really seriously yeah like when like uh, that's what makes it pay off is that they do all this work of like just like walking you into these jokes and then you just get to sit there and enjoy them yeah yeah it's a really really fun movie but i mean the interesting thing about honestly you you don't hear too much about carmen anymore and i'm not saying sitting here saying like crybaby is like on the tips of everybody's tongue yeah or saying even that carmen is like you know Emmy nominated, yeah, like <laughs> material, Hall of Fame material. But I think, I mean, I, like I call out Carmen, and like it sticks with me because I think it's important that we we make sure we call it out as being a part of like our pieces of the canon. You know, yeah. If if we are looking at camp and we're like thinking about like defining black camp, and then even going to like hip operas or like black opera, yeah, or even know. black exploitation in a way, yeah, just making sure like we keep those films in the back of your mind, so like. Like when it when you see something when you see like an empire yeah things like oh this sticks out is like I can see kind of how they got here yeah you know that's that's like one of the things I like I kind of want to compare and in addition like I think people often take like white campiness a little more seriously not only do they take it like they take it more seriously it's almost like it's a given that white people are sophisticated enough to engage in camp. And, and to, to laugh at themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas, like, black people are not. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, I, I think people are just so much more generous Yes. to white camp. Because, like, I mean, I remember, like, I loved, I mean, I loved Carmen. I was also 15 at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I feel like, like, in our, like, age group, we really, really enjoyed it. But everybody else, I feel like it was kind of widely panned. Yeah. Know? But it's this, like, really, really fun movie, you know. And I think it's important to to make sure that we're not being 
like overly critical for what people are trying to achieve. Yeah. Like we have to keep these lenses on, you know, the camp lens to make sure that we're appreciating this gift. Yeah. You know what actually that makes me think of? Uh, somebody recently did this study. I read this article um, about how movies and television shows that are intended for female audiences are disproportionately rated by men. And the men rate those films or television shows as disproportionately worse than, and not only that, like movies and television shows that are aimed at men are not really rated disproportionately by women. It's yeah. not like women are aggressively going into those spaces and being like, this is what I think. And then the women are usually rating them similarly to like the way that they rate the programs that they like themselves. And they're rating them similarly to the way that men see those same programs. That affects like your IM, like that affects your IMDB rating, yeah. which is how like when someone Googles a movie that they haven't seen, especially if it's been out for a few years, that affects kind of like how people like see it. Yeah. Or uh, what they're trying to, when they're trying to figure out what they're trying to, what they want to watch. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I wonder, like that makes me think about so many things as far as like rating systems with Netflix and, you know, so many other different like algorithmic I guess, like, apps or services that yeah. we use. But it, it, it kind of makes, it reminds me sort of of how something is, like, critically interpreted. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, which is, like, something that we talk about a lot here. But, like, it even makes me think about, what's that film we just talked about? Chirac. Yeah. Chirac, Chirac was so obviously campy. Yeah. And it was not regarded as the camp film that it so clearly is. And it's amazing to me that Spike Lee was not seen as somebody who is sophisticated enough you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To be able to put out a camp film, which is something that he's done before. Yeah, exactly. Like, people really were, like, kind of debating the fact that it was satire. Like, which was really bizarre. Like, yeah. you know, you have the dance number. Didn't they do a dance number? Oh, yeah. They had so many different choreographed dance numbers, which is, again, like, Spike Lee has done choreographed dance numbers. Yeah. Has no one seen, you know, School, School Days? Days? Which is what, like, put him on the map. Exactly. Well, well for... Us, I would say. Yeah, for us. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Like, I think about that a lot when I think about, like, just people not having the proper cultural lens or filter to be able to actually appreciate art that black people make. Yeah. Just assuming that we are not sophisticated creators, we are not sophisticated performers, and we are not a sophisticated audience. And there's there's actually a really good parallel. I sent you an article called... I Want Your Black Sex. It's by uh, Ira Madison III. This article is kind of about, like, black sexuality and the black erotic thriller. So, mm -hmm. like, you talked about, like, a few episodes back, I don't remember which one, but you talked about going to see, like, The Perfect Man. Yes. And how you were really excited to see it. And I saw it later. I was like, damn, this is, a, like, Brittany was right. This was a really fucking Oh, Perfect good Guy. Movie. Perfect, perfect guy. guy. Yes. Not Perfect Man. But it was a really, really good movie. It was so amazing. I wouldn't necessarily call it campy. It was definitely, like, kind of over the top. I think everybody knew and was committed to making it over the top. Yeah, but I mean, not in this, like, not any different than, like, as you mentioned, like, Fatal Attraction is yeah. really fucking over the top. Yeah. Oh, you know? my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah Or yeah. even, like, Gone Girl is also really over the yeah, top. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I did read the plot. Because people were like, oh, my God, the plot's of this movie. And I read it, and I was like, oh, my God, they literally have done this on Guiding Light six or seven times over. <laughs> right? Yeah. Probably Passions, too. Yeah. But there was, like, the devil would have been involved. <laughs> yeah. Demons and angels. <laughs> it's true. But, yeah, like, people don't take the perfect guy as seriously as they take, you know, a fatal attraction. Yeah. Which was... Academy Award nominated film. And like I've seen that film recently. Like yeah. I've watched Fatal Attraction within the past nine months. And don't get me wrong, that shit is fun. And like there's some really like it's well paced, 
It's well shot. It's really stylized. I think it was like innovative in a lot of ways. Like I think all the sex scenes in that movie are incredible. And trust me, because I just saw Fifty Shades of Grey recently. (laughs) A little different. It was just a mess. But I I mean, it was nominated for six Academy Awards, Fatal Attraction. And it was not a six Academy Award winning film. To my mind, nominated film. To my mind, it just wasn't to me the best of what anybody has ever made ever. You know, and but that that is kind of the trend. Like people see us in this different light. That's kind of the you know the point that Ira was making. Like you know they see an all black cast mm-hmm. with the Sanaa Lathan and you know Morris Chestnut mm-hmm. and um, Blue Eyes. What's his name? Michael Ely. Michael Ely. <laughs> <laughs> blue Eyes. But uh, I think they're green. Actually, they're blue. Oh, uh, they're blue. Mm-hmm. You remember? You know. Of course, I remember. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, and they don't take it as seriously as they take you know an uh, like Gone Girl with Ben Affleck. Yeah, I don't even remember the Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike. Yeah, and that's really a fucking shame because they're not that far off. No, just as ridiculous. Yeah, Uh, and he actually poses with this this movie that's coming out like Girl on the Train. Have you seen the trailer for this? No, but is that the one with Emily Blunt? Yes. Yes. It is difficult to comprehend, to say the least. <laughs> like, don't get it twisted. I mean, it looks it looks kind of good. I, I will probably go see it. It's yeah. like based on a book. I'm de- I mean, well, actually, no, I don't know. I don't, I don't really go to the movies. I don't really only like go to the movies to see black thrillers. Yeah. <laughs> but go ahead. But I mean, what you probably will uh, will go see uh-huh. is When the Bow Breaks. When the Bow Breaks. Yes, which is uh, another film called out in the article uh, coming out with Regina Hall. Morris Chestnut. Morris Chestnut. And some light skin one whose name I don't know, but yeah. she plays a psycho bitch in the fucking trailer. <laughs> and I will be there opening night, Court Street, ready. Ready, with the popcorn. With the popcorn. So we have to kind of keep, the, again, just to kind of double down on that point, we have to keep these things in mind because, you know, how we look at our styles of film makes a big difference on on our interpretation of that film. Absolutely. 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 So it's just important to really make sure that you're like identifying like what people are actually trying to do because you'll enjoy it a lot more. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mère and mère somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. Hey, this is Jeff Lewis from Radio Andy. Live and uncensored, catch me talking with my friends about my latest obsessions, relationship issues, and bodily ailments. With that kind of drama that seems to follow me, you never know what's going to happen. You can listen to Jeff Lewis Live at home or anywhere you are. Download the SiriusXM app for over 425 channels of ad-free music, sports, entertainment, and more. Subscribe now and get three months free. Offer details apply. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Life doesn't have a pause button. That's why Capella University's FlexPath learning format lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them if something comes up. 
Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference for you at capella.edu. So to come back to hip hoppers, hip hoppers or the black operatic tradition, if you will. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I was going to say because I mean, <laughs> technically. Paul Robeson falls in the black operatic tradition. True. So we should stick to hip hop in, <laughs> in this sense, especially with where this conversation is going. Yes, yes, yes. You can't really have this conversation without acknowledging, you know, one of the or, or some of the, the innovators of the, the medium. Yes. Of the recent era, yes. if you will. That is R. Kelly. Oh, God. Yeah. And the Isley Brothers. Mostly like Ron Isley and yeah. Ernie. Yeah. Know. I mean, like, you know, so obviously, uh, trigger warning, we will yeah. be talking about R. Kelly. Disclaimer, we both agree that he's a terrible human being, piece yeah. of shit, who will certainly burn in hell. <laughs> for all for all eternity? For all of eternity. <laughs> yeah. That said, to separate a bit of the person, it, you actually don't even have to separate too much. Because, like, in I feel like in all R. Kelly's videos, he plays, like, you know, some sort of trash human being. Yeah. But... Specifically in his videos with uh, the Isley Brothers, or again, Ryan and, Ryan and Ernie. Yeah. They use this, like, operatic style in a way that people don't traditionally do. Uh-huh. Like, it kind of very much started with uh, with Down Low. Yeah. And Down Low is interesting because it wasn't actually, like, they weren't singing to each other. But it was mm-hmm. this very, like, cinematic, big film. Yeah. Um, and Ron Isley typically plays this like mafioso boss, mafioso yeah. style boss who is dating a series of different women. A as series the of different, younger, very attractive women. Yes. And like in Down Low, it starts off with Garcelle Bouvet, um, who is yes. amazingly gorgeous. Yeah, she's super. I like, I mean, like, I remember, obviously, but like, really looking at this video, I was like, God, she was gorgeous. I mean, she was even still bad, like, in the uh, Jamie Foxx Fox show. show. I, like I said, and she you, also was a good actress, too. Like, no, she was. I was actually thinking that. Like, she, like, in terms of, you think about the Jamie Foxx show, like, that could have easily not worked. Yeah. For as long as it did. Yeah. Like, that show was on for a while. It really was. I know I, I watched it. Yeah. And like, it wasn't like Jamie Foxx carried it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> all the. <laughs> All the right. all the characters did really really well like yeah. Braxton Fancy who's mm-hmm. uh, Garcelle uh, yeah, Beauvais character yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah but coming back to this she was kind of the she was the wife to Ryan Isley's like, yeah. mafia and boss. she's my keep very gorgeous much younger yeah. woman it yeah. looks weird yeah uh, Ryan Isley is leaving and puts R Kelly who is his like maybe second in command or bodyguard or something mm-hmm. like that he puts him in charge and gives him this like really weird creepy conversation like i'm going to i'm going to give you a pile of money yeah. you do whatever she wants but don't Sh- touch her exactly yeah sure good time i was like what but don't touch her and it's like okay, okay. that's that's pretty strange but ob- obvious foreshadowing for what is to come yes because they fall in love or lust lust yeah yeah um and so Ryan Isley finds out and beats the shit out of both of them yeah and then R Kelly gets left in the middle of the desert but fancy I'm about to call her fancy yeah but Garcelle Beauvais dies yeah, like he literally he beat her to death. He had her beat up. I don't know if he did it himself, yeah. but still. Going back and rewatching that video as an adult, I was like, wait, like this yeah. ends in like some serious domestic violence. Like she dies. Yeah. What the? How is that not the focus of the video? Yeah. Like the focus of the video is like all this amazing sex that R. Kelly is supposedly having with this grown woman. And she dies she at the end. She dies just, at the end. It just ends. It just Be- ends, basically. She gets beat to death. Yeah. Uh, so that like 
that video and that partnership kicked off the the videos that I think are probably like more in line with what we're talking about. Yeah. And then and it's interesting because they brought in a lot of other people. Like the the cast of women kind of rotate. Yeah. It's like who whatever woman that like whatever woman they were trying to put on. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because like obviously Garcelle Bove can't sing, I'm assuming. And she she's did not. not a singer. No. Yeah. But as the videos progress, there's always another woman who actually joins the song who's like a singer. So if they yeah. like if they want to put on Kelly Price, then they have yeah. you know Kelly Price. Song. They want to put on Shantae Moore. They want to put on one of the girls from JS. JS Johnson Sisters, who started off as a gospel group backing up Shirley Caesar. Then, in their early 20s, they uh, came under management of the Isley brothers, who introduced them to R. Kelly. And now one of them is married to Ronald Isley. One of them is a backup singer for various people, like, like, you know, famous people. Yeah. And then the other one is married to the lead singer of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Really? Isn't that kind of like a weird. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, one of the girls from the Johnson sisters also played, I think, the lead in the most recent. Yeah. Um, busted. Yeah, busted in the most recent like Ronald Isley R. Kelly collaboration. It's interesting that like it like the women changed as they wanted to give people career shine. Like that would be great. Again, if it weren't for the context of who these people are. Yeah. You know, because like Kelly Price, like this was from what I remember, this was her first real hit. Friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It was like her first big, her yeah. first big like smash. Yeah, uh, and friend of mine like was sick mm-hmm. because they like they're having this like phone call going back and forth with uh, like Ron Isaac and R. Kelly. Yeah, because Kelly used to be with R. Kelly. R. Kelly, yeah. But he started fucking her best friend. Yeah, she was my best friend. <laughs> You are my husband. Not no more. No. But, uh, and so then she calls Ron Isling. He's like, what the fuck? Put him on the phone. And obviously the the relationship dynamics of these films are problematic. Problematic. (laughs) Problematic. If you will. Uh, But yeah, that's kind of how it goes. But that's actually not the, like, that's actually kind of good for where the rest of these films go. Yeah. If you look at Contagious, so in Contagious, uh, it's kind of basically the exact same scenario as Down Low. And it's in with contagious like Shantae Moore, yes, yeah, who uh, is amazing. I I still look back very fondly on Shantae. I like Shantae Moore, but she did shoot herself in the foot by by creating a song called "Shantae's Got a Man," shitting on her friends who were single or dating terrible men, and then she and her man got divorced. Yeah, I mean, but at the time, it's like you know you got to flaunt what you got. I guess proud. so. I guess so. But in Contagious, uh, it's basically, it's, again, it's the same plot. Shantae Moore is dating Ron Isley, and then her and R. Kelly start fucking, and then Ron Isley catches him. Yeah. And this is this is epic because at the time, like, Ron Isley has this, um, he has this cane, which I really appreciate. I oh really want. Yeah. That has a katana sword in it. Because that's a thing yeah. that people do, <laughs> is have swords in a cane, in a walking stick. Uh, but yeah, and he like pulls it out, and they're like about to go down. But this, it's about to go down. You think R. Kelly's about to get beat up the same way and down low. Yeah. But times have changed. Yeah. He has hired bodyguards. Yes. At this point, he's hired bodyguards to come in and like protect him, and they leave. Yeah, which was, I think, I think actually Shantae Moore and R. Kelly leaving together is a preferable outcome Best to case her scenario. getting Beat to death. Yeah. I I just think it's better. I would agree. I would agree. But, I mean, the thing that is really, also really weird about, like, all of these films, because it's the same plot over and over and over again. It's it's R. Kelly, like, Ron Isley is with his, like, woman half his age, if not more. Yeah. Uh, And R. Kelly has sex with that woman, and he finds out. There's an odd 
obsession with cuckold, yeah. a cuckold like fantasy yeah. going on there. Yeah. And it's weird because like if I'm Ron Isley, mind you, Ron Isley is the coolest motherfucker alive in terms of how like his like style, like even in in Busted when he's got like the fur and like a Celtic like jersey. jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, somehow he pulls it off. Somehow. Uh but that is that's odd. Like, to me, I don't know. Something about that sticks out is kind of strange. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things about that stick out is strange. Like, it's strange to me that you wouldn't position your... Well, rather, okay. I could see how, like, somebody who is an OG is not always going to position himself to be the flyest person in the video. Yeah. Because I think that shows maturity and it shows that you're passing a baton of some sort. But, like, you don't have to... This man doesn't always constantly have to be taking your women. And then also, like... I honestly, this, I mean, this is like terrible, but I couldn't help but watch all these videos and like look at R. Kelly, like quote unquote, saving this younger woman from this older man. And I was thinking like, this is really fucked. Like, this is so weird. Like, and it's true. Ron Isley was with women like half of his age in every single video, but you know, they were grown. Everybody was grown. So it's weird to see R. Kelly be like, I need to save you from this older man. I'm thinking like, that's yeah. Like, you don't even see how crazy all of this shit is? The wrong fucking person. The wrong that. fucking person. But the thing that actually, I think Contagious is probably my favorite one. I think it's mm-hmm. actually probably the best song. Yeah. But it also does, it achieves a lot of the same things musically as as Carmen a hip hopper. And I think like what a hip hopper actually is, yeah. which is like people sing talking to advance the plot. Like when you go, like one of the things that people say, they're like, oh, you know, when they go to a musical, they're like, people who don't like them, they're like, oh, everybody was singing like the whole time. They sing to advance the plot. And I'm like, but they still have dialogue in musicals. In the opera, the whole thing, the whole, every second, someone, if you're on stage, you are singing. Only music advances the plot. A lot of things that like don't make for beautiful lyrics get sung. And I think that like, and obviously they do that in Carmen and Hip Hop, but I think that that's best achieved in Contagious. All the back and forth between R. Kelly, Ronald Isley, and Shantae Moore, it achieves like all of the plot, but like the melody itself is interesting. There's humor in it. Yeah, the lyrics are decent. And like to me, I think that that was like, I mean, he continued to make other collaborations like with. Ronald Isley and various women like after Contagious but to me Contagious is like the blueprint for a you know trapped in the closet yes I mean it's clear that that was kind of like what he he didn't seem to know he was working towards trapped in the closet yeah which you know again as campy and terrible as it is is kind of a masterpiece in itself in a way yeah I would have never thought something like trapped in the closet would have existed no uh uh yeah. No. You know, to have and to have taken it as far as he did, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. So if you don't know, Trapped in the Closet is this at this point 30 plus chapter yeah. opera. Yeah. yeah. Sung entirely by R. Kelly. Yeah. Where he plays different characters yeah. and it's talking through this like this series of events that is kicked off by this like one night of him sleeping, sleeping with, with a married woman yeah. and getting caught by her husband and trapped in the closet trapped in the closet yeah it's basically what happens after he comes out of yeah. that closet trapped in the closet honestly i remember cuz I, I before like they have their their videos so yeah. you can like go i think most of them are on youtube yeah um so you can go and watch them on youtube i remember like when it first came out it was on like this was peak kaza time like Kazab uh-huh. Morpheus oh yeah whatever yeah, yeah. you know downloading you yeah did, uh or didn't do quote unquote I didn't I did 
Um, but so I remember hearing about it, like, yo, have you heard Trapped in the Closet? Because I wasn't listening to like radio super. Oh, hard. yeah. I first heard it on terrestrial radio and it was amazing because it was a real serial. It was like you'd hear a three minute song and then you get to because every single one ended with like this sung cliffhanger. Yeah. Right. And then you would just be sitting there like, well, when is the next installment coming out? Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. And he released them like over a series. Like, I think it, it came in like it was like one through five, then like five through 13. Yeah. Uh, and then like there was a massive break. Yeah. To like, yeah, years long break and then like 20 through 33 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, but I used to like download these and I would be like, fuck, you're right. Like those cliffhangers were amazing. He talks about like he's like sleeping with his his wife uh, and she starts like going crazy. Like she's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I'm about to climax. And he he's like, I pull back the cover and what is that? A rubber. Uh, yeah. It is hearing that. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. The tension, my like jaws are clenched. He's talking about cramps in his leg. I think there was one point where one of the characters farted. Really? Yeah. I mean, I've <laughs> seen the entire. I've seen. I've seen like almost the entire I think series. I stopped at like fifteen. No, one time it 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 ran on IFC. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And me and our friend Jason, like this is years and years and years ago. I might maybe I I, saw, I might have seen the other ones later somewhere else down the line, but we at least saw the first fifteen. In one sitting, because they put it on TV all back to back. We were yeah. like, okay, this is before like really YouTube was popping or anything like that. I came to visit for the weekend, and we just got drunk and we watched the entire thing, like all fifteen. Because I mean, fifteen they're each three minute songs. Yeah, like, it takes like a couple hours maybe. Yeah, and it's crazy. It doesn't really get old like watching them back to back, even though the like it's the same musical track the mm-hmm. whole way through. The melody does not change. Even like the like you said, the, the melody, like the peaks and where he hits like certain types of notes, yeah. it's in the exact same spot, just over and over and over again. But it's so gripping, and it's like ridiculously over the top, definitely offensive. Like in certain On parts, at so many levels. Like, yes, you gotta be like, oh well. Hmm. That was a bad choice. And it, it kind of continues this idea of R. Kelly is this, like, terrible person, basically. Like, it's basically yeah. a series of people who are all cheating on each other. And, oh, like, my God. Yeah. Like, just web of lies and deceit. Everyone's sleeping with everybody else. And it's just crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, but it's, like, amazingly messy. Like, it's, it's messy in just the best well, way. Well, even, like, we watched, I think we watched two through five together. Yeah. And in the second installment... Um, and also in the third installment, too, there are a couple of big reveals. But, like, R. Kelly has the opportunity to leave at yeah. any point in time. He's the only person, like, he pulls out a gun for no reason at, yeah. at a certain point. Shoots it in the air. Right. Shoots it in the air just to get everybody to shut up. He always acts like he's about to walk out the door. But then someone's like, wait, let us tell you what's happening. Let us tell you how all this started. And he's like, okay. He seemed, he has no reason to stay there. He does not know these people. Yeah. But, like, he turns around and he's like, okay, y'all got three minutes. And it's like, wait. You're literally only here for the gossip. Yeah. Like, you're staying for the drama of it all. Petty. That's it. He's all about That's it. That's literally it. But, you know, that that is his choice in the thing. And, like, I don't know. It's just, it's really, really enjoyable. And something that only he, sickeningly, could conceive of. Yeah. But I wish people did play around more with this... Like, with this uh, style, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, with this hip-hop style. I'm Like, again, to come back, like, that's what makes me so continuously excited, even though it's kind of slid off a little bit. Yeah. Empire. Like, yeah. Empire really takes its style. And I actually think there's room for them to go further with it. 
You oh, know, like I agree. They, I think they could like. I think that like they don't like they don't. They're not playing with their peaks enough for me. Yeah, I mean something you said earlier, which is definitely true. Like I feel like in the first season, the music did a better job of moving the plot. Yeah, like it wasn't just like the music wasn't only. Um, like in the context of I'm making a song. Like sometimes it was, you know, they were discovering music and singing outside of like the studio. Yeah. Or like some sort of performance. But I feel like in the second season, that's kind of like what they've gotten locked into. Yeah, I agree. It's like it was that was like one of the cool things that made Empire so great the first season. Also made you engaged in the music. Yeah. Because like you had an it was like it reminded you of something that had happened on the show. It wasn't just like you know, and the songs were good. Yeah. Like, the songs were really good. Yeah. I mean, Drip Drop was the only, to me, song that they could have made. It could have been anything. I mean, thank the Lord they made it Drip Drop. Yeah. But Drip Drop <laughs> was just a song that, like, you know, that, like, Hakeem and, what's the girl's name on the show? I was about to call her by her real name. Tiana? Yeah. Hakeem and Tiana, could they could have sang any song together. Yeah. But the rest of them pretty much were all songs that advanced some type of plot point, which I can't really remember any of the songs from this season. I remember one. Oh, this season. I mean, they they reused a lot of songs. This season. Like the like Lucius, his only real song for like most of the season was like boom boom. What was it? Boom 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 yeah, boom. Yeah, I don't boom. know. Was it the one like, he made in prison? Yeah. I mean, and that that scene was great. It was good. It was really really good. But they kind of they went real hard with it, and I don't know if that's maybe because Terrence Howard got real sick of like. You know, not being in the mix enough. Yeah, too but, much Jesse Smollett credit yeah. for him. Um, who's clearly the star of the show, like clearly. him and, and, and Taraji. Taraji. Oh yeah, are the stars of the show. And it's amazing that Taraji's so successful on that show, and she's like the only character who doesn't sing. If you think about it, yeah. I mean, and the oldest brother, but like people ain't really checking yeah. for him. Sadly, sorry, bro. Yeah, I mean, I I like him I like as him, a but he's not but like yeah. the. He's not he's not somebody who you're looking at and you're like, oh, he's gonna start some shit today. Exactly. But yeah, Empire, I like I really enjoy. Uh I'm excited for the 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 spinoff, Star. Yeah. That's coming out with uh Queen Latifah and Lenny Kravitz. That's gonna be great. Yeah. I mean, Queen Latifah like doesn't get a much, doesn't get enough appreciation because of the fact that she can really sing. She can really sing, she can really rap, and she can really act. Like, yeah. what's going to be bad about that? She's she's going to kill that shit. And Lenny Kravitz actually is a surprisingly decent actor, he too. Is a, he is a pretty good actor. Yeah, like, he was, he, was, he was actually really good in Hunger Games. That's true. He held his own in Hunger Games, and... He's obviously a fantastic musician. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really excited for that. I'm excited for people to continue to expand. I would love to see someone other than Lee Daniels do it. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, also what I would really like is I would really like for someone to make a hip hop at like the highest level. Like to yeah. me, I think something that Kanye West could do if he could just channel his energies. I think if he just sat down for a minute and just chilled, I think Kanye could make a phenomenal hip hop. Yeah. Like I think about like um, I used to be really into the who. And they did a couple, like not just Tommy, but Quadrophenia, yeah. which isn't as good as Tommy, but Tommy has some incredible music in it, like incredible, incredible music. And like, you know, they were people who were at the highest, you know, at the highest level commercially and, and many, you know, and many people thought critically the highest level of their game. And they made this really great album that was reinterpreted as like a movie that was also interpreted as like a Broadway play. Yeah. And the music from all of it was incredible. I think that, there's something cool about like somebody being at that high of a level, taking their camp really seriously. And I think if anybody actually could deliver us some amazing fucking camp, it is Kanye Omari West. Yeah. 
King of Petty. King of Petty. It would be so like it would be real messy. It would be real great. It would be really messy. Yeah. It would because be really he's, great. Because he's ridiculously fucking talented. Yeah, he is really talented. I just think it's like he. I think he like is almost with what is it? My beautiful dark twisted fantasy yeah. with the runaway video. Yeah, I think like he seems like he wants to explore larger themes. And the cool thing that I think actually a lot of like Beyonce reminded me of, and I think that like more artists should play with is like. If you're making something that's at the end of the day supposed to be a musical artistic statement, yeah. you have so much more leeway with your visuals. Mm-hmm. As long as they're consistent and cohesive and like you have you're moving forward some type of plot, people will go with you wherever the music is supposed to lead them. Yeah. I just wish more people would like think about that. Because yeah. I'd be into it. I agree. So let go, you know. Embrace camp. Embrace camp and recognize black camp when you see it. Stop yeah. writing fucking black people being goofy and hamming it up is like stop writing that off as like fucking coonery yeah exactly exactly take a step back Mm -hmm. and chill just chill yeah enjoy it thank you for rocking with us let us know what like what other camp films you like are there any hip operas that we've missed like I tried to go back and look and like really see if there was anything like lingering out there that I didn't see and Mm -hmm. I I couldn't find it but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist so definitely call us out to us send us an email point it out on Twitter please do and also um, let us know who else you would like to see Make a hip hopper because I'd be very curious outside of Kanye Kanye to me is like obvious Kanye is an obvious so I want to know who else yeah just don't I was say trying Diddy. to think of somebody. No, yeah. not Diddy. Not Diddy. Anyway, okay. thank you guys for listening, and we will holler at you in a couple weeks. Yes. Go write us a review on yeah. iTunes. Yeah, five-star rating. Bye. Yes. Bye. <laughs> Not everything in life is flexible, but at Capella University, your education can be. With our game-changing FlexPath learning format, you're empowered to fit education into your life without putting other priorities on hold. FlexPath lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them when needed. You can take courses at your own speed and move on to the next one when you're ready. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.